This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by John Snyder, president of Sanford Health Plan. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. I really appreciate the opportunity. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, and I'm excited for our conversation, but before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, I've, um, I'm uh, president uh, of the Sanford Health Plan. been here about a little over three years. Uh, Sanford is uh, uh, one of the largest um, healthcare providers in the country, very much focused on providing um, care to uh, rural America, uh, given the geography of, of Sanford and its footprint. Uh, the health plan is about 220,000 members, uh, and it's, um, our members are really across four states, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Iowa, across about 250,000 square miles, actually, uh, so really geographically dispersed. The health plan is a provider-owned health plan. It's, again, part of the Sioux Falls-based uh, Sanford Health, uh, and again, probably the, the largest rural health um, system in the country. My, my background, um, I've had, obviously, uh, health plan experience, but I've also spent a significant part of my uh, career on the provider side, uh, being a chief operating officer of a, of a large system uh, responsible for both hospital and clinic um, oversight. So kind of um, a little bit of a unique background that I've had significant uh, opportunities uh, kind of on both sides of the house, if you will. Absolutely. And that, you know, sounds like you've got great background to really excel in this role as president of Sanford Health Plan. And like I said, there's so much happening in healthcare right now. So I can imagine there's just kind of constant revisiting and looking at strategy and pivots and trying to figure out how to really best serve your community. Right. Well, perfect. Well, considering everything that uh, we've just been through over the past few years with the pandemic and then where we're at today, what are some of your key focuses right now and headed into this last few months of the year? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, obviously, being a part of a provider-owned system, uh, you know, we're experiencing the same, you know, financial strains that almost every system across the country is having. Um, it, it impacts health plans differently. Uh, but, but again, being part of a system, we need to, you know, we, we, we very much experience that and, you know, focus in on how we can be more efficient, effective, and, and being a good partner to our to the system. Uh, past that, um, I think it's the typical things that we would be focused on this time of year, uh, you know, open enrollments coming up. So trying to understand, you know, how we can continue to best meet our members' needs and the patients of the health system, as well as for us, Medicare Advantage, relatively new in that game, but uh, stood up a, a, a Medicare Advantage program last year. This will be our second year, and we've done some significant um, service area expansion. So just uh, you know, kind of being focused on that and being sure that that's successful. Absolutely! Wow, that it seems like it's a great opportunity to have that Medicare Advantage plan. But what does it really take to stand up something like that? How do you work with your team and, and really get that going and make sure it's beneficial for your community members? Yeah, I mean, I think you know Medicare Advantage's programs, you know, have a lot of regulatory rigor to them, if you will, and, and require um, really efficient operations. Um, and so as we as we you know stood that up, it's really you know being sure we've got the the wherewithal, the departments, the scope, the breadth and depth of what it takes to, to meet those standards. Um, so it was a, you know, kind of a very much a team effort to kind of put that together, but it's come together really well. It's been very successful. That's great to hear. Now, when you think about the future as well, what are some of the roadblocks that you anticipate over the next two to three years and how are you preparing to respond to them? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I think part of the you know, roadblocks, if you will, are just trying to 
you know, kind of post-pandemic, uh, post-financial stress for, for healthcare systems. You know, what is, what is how, you know, how to, how to get through those and being sure they're not barriers to getting, uh, the, you know, the important things done for our members and patients. Uh, but trying to, you know, imagine and revision, you know, what's what's healthcare and what's, you know, health health plan uh, dynamics look like, uh, you know, kind of post-pandemic, if you will. Um, so that's that's definitely part part of the things we're trying to kind of understand and work through. Uh, I think the other, you know, big thing for us and probably across the country is kind of a refocus on value. You know, as we've gone through the pandemic. Uh, and, and trying to come, kind of come, come through this financial struggle that you know, um, I think a lot of systems are facing. Uh, trying to, you know, it's easy to lose focus, if you will, on that journey to value. And how do we refocus that journey? And how do we continue to, 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 to be a good partner and, and help and help provide value um, um, as, as we do that, both again to our members and patients. Uh, and then, and then trying to understand, I think, just the nation's economy and what inflation is going to meet and mean and being sure that we're we're able to continue to provide affordable um, health insurance for for our members and again we're you know our unique circumstance of being very rural focused how do we be sure we've got the right product mix we've got the right uh, value uh, that, that we're, we're we continue to be able to provide affordable insurance to, to all our members and patients. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, there is a lot to think about there and unpack. And I think especially when you were talking about, you know, how uh, healthcare organizations can provide value. I know that, you know, to some degree has been a slow moving train in healthcare. Um, and, and when you look at, you know, where you're at today and where you want to be, what types of things do you see as needing to change over the next few years? Is it possible to get closer to that goal of more value-based care and really being able to provide quality care at the cost that makes sense? And, and what else do you need to do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, and again, I think that's that, you know, we got, we got to refocus down on that. I think a lot of provider owned uh, health plans were able to help balance the financial equation, if you will, as we went through the pandemic, uh, because it just, it just, you know, being able to kind of provide that capitated steady payment, if you will, uh, um, helped helps stabilize that. And I think you know very much a recognition of the importance of kind of kind of controlling the financing arm as well as the provider arm. Um, but it but it also you know as people get focused on trying to get get things done, figure out how to get through the pandemic, try to adapt to the new environment that we're facing today. It's easy to lose focus on you know those 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 principles and. And and just being sure we re- continue to refocus on that and continue to keep that kind of front of mind as we move forward. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, it's a lot of work ahead. So, you know, I, I can imagine that it's always kind of front of mind trying to think about how to best apply and in, in figure those things out. Now, what are you most excited about today? Yeah, that's a great, another great question. Um, I think, you know, a couple things. One, as we think about how do we continue to provide care in these challenging times to, again, what is a very rural um, uh, membership for us? Uh, and as we look at that, we're really, really going to be focused on, I'll call it virtual first strategies. How, how can we use virtual care to, to meet more members, and, you know, kind of where, where they can meet us and provide uh, good care to do that? Uh, one of the initiatives here at Stanford is a, is a, um, is a $350 million commitment uh, from our benefactor, Denny Sanford, to 
to build uh, a uh, virtual care center and, and uh, really provide um, kind of state-of-the-art virtual care to everybody in our footprint. And it's, it's, it's a lot more than just the typical, you know, kind of primary care. It's a, it's a first call thing, but really, you know, taking a deep dive in how do we provide specialist care, uh, not only having the specialist, but the technology and things to do that. Uh, so we're, we're really focused on that. I'm really excited about what that could look like and, and really being kind of state-of-the-art, lead, leading the curve, if you will, on, on that kind of strategy. The other thing that uh, we're really working hard on, and I think making some significant advances, is just AI and data analytics. Uh, as, as again, as a big system like we are, we have you know combined data, both claims data, clinical data, social determinants of health, and as we put those things together, really being able to dial in and de- and determine what's what's the best care at the best time uh, for for the, our members and patients, and doing some real uh, unique things with that, I think it will be um, exciting as we go forward. And then lastly, I'd say, you know, just kind of that next next level of population health. Um, and it's, that, you know, again, that journey to value. Uh, and from our perspective, a lot of that's around, I'll call them digital enablers, you know, things that tools that we can do that really kind of start to meet the need of that emerging risk uh, population in a way, again, that especially in our rural environment, that we can do that in the home uh, that, that actually makes a difference. Uh, some of the things we're using, um, uh, a tool called Livongo that really helps members better manage diabetes. We've just seen, seen some incredible uh, results with that as far as in, improved um, outcomes, as well as just, you know, remote uh, patient monitoring technology that's been a while, been around for a while, but really starting to, you know, understand how to better leverage that and really kind of take it to the next level. So, so those are just some of the things, and you know, we're we're looking at, as you said, kind of exciting as we look at kind of the, you know, what's what's in the future. Absolutely, that's fantastic to hear, and just so interesting to think about the way you're incorporating artificial intelligence and um, some of the other technologies to really uh, connect with patients and members and get them the results that they need. And and two, when you were talking about the virtual first plan and in connecting via telehealth and other things and really making a strong investment in that space in that area, I think that's just fascinating. Um, from your perspective, have the patients been pretty receptive to this? Has it been something that they're excited about to connect more virtually versus in person? Yeah, you know, I think there was always a, uh, you know, concern, you know, it, it, are patients going to really, you know, patients and members really going to, you know, use this environment and or, or this, this kind of modality, if you will. Uh, and I think, you know, the pandemic kind of helped us get over that hump and that people almost kind of got forced into, into using that. Uh, and we saw incredible, just like everybody else, it's incredible growth in that modality as a way to provide care. And, you know, we, we just learned a lot from that. I think, you know, the, the member patient acceptance is a lot better. And now it's like putting those things together. Okay, you know, pe- people are willing to use it. Or people do do like it. They gravitate to it. Now, how do you leverage that? And, again, take it to that next level. So it's not – so it's it's more than just your – earache or, you know, primary care, kind of uh, low low acuity interaction. It's more, let's use that for specialty care. Let's use that for a lot of other things that with the technology and AI and everything else we have today, we can do that. Uh, and mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, it's exciting in our environment, again, for such a rural community for us to be able to do that and really provide services that, you know, people would have had to driven hundreds of miles to get previously. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That seems really impressive and sounds like it would definitely make things more convenient and easier for patients and especially in the rural setting, very, a very high tech space. And so that, that's amazing to hear. Yeah, thank you. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, Laura, thanks again for the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking with you as well.